Feeling so good, ready to be here. Ready yeah, to talk. Yeah, better now. I butchered the first first <laughs> attempt at this. Hey, if at first you don't succeed, try again. Unless you're Reggie Jackson. Jesus, then do quit. we really? Uh, we've gone on Reggie. Ja- <laughs> I've gone on Reggie Jackson rants before, and I'm just over it. Uh, you, so you're not ready for the one today? No, we're gonna. I, I've been winding up for this one for like a week and a half. Well, then here we go. <laughs> Before we get uh, too far into this podcast, uh, let me remind you to follow us on our social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and if you haven't found us already on a podcast platform of your choice, um, go subscribe to us, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, or Stitcher, um, and leave us a rating as well. We would greatly appreciate that. A quick recap of episode 63, if you missed it. We talked about all-star, post-all-star stuff. Um, expectations for the final third of the season, trending up teams, trending down teams. We talked about Portland. We talked about Matt's Boston Celtics. Hey, Jason Tatum, who has even since we talked about him, take another step. Yes. It's insane. Uh, and then we predicted, uh, the final playoff seating, uh, what we thought the teams would land. My prediction, spoiler alert. I picked the Pelicans to make the eight seed. It's looking really good. Doing all right. How about my Wizards to make the nine seed? Or the eight seed? Because they're currently I mean, in the nine. Brooklyn, Brooklyn's trying to hand it to them. I know. It's just like, it just... the Kyrie uh, coming in clutch once again. <laughs> Kyrie just keep, keeps paying you back, doesn't yep. he? <clears throat> Matt, what happened in this week of NBA news? So we kind of got a couple weeks. Um, perhaps we were off last week, just a lot of work stuff coming up um we took a load management week yeah so uh we got fined by the nba like the timberwolves did <laughs> so uh a couple of things is steph curry originally scheduled to return today march 1st um but they decided to pull that back so hopefully to return for the warriors this week um again kind of wanted to see how he'll mesh with andrew wiggins this year uh, or if they need to go ahead and move off wiggins um and more prominent news john beeline got fired well, re- reassigned, whatever um, phrase you want to put on it. But man, that athletic story. There was a, yeah, if you're subscribed to Athletic. Which you should be. Um, go read that story about John Beeline and all the things that went behind the scenes. Players like very disgruntled early on in the season yeah. about running essentially two a days in training camp. Uh, I think all of those like unsourced players were probably just Kevin Love. Probably. You know, um, but there there are some points where I'm like, yeah, the players definitely uh, ha- had a good reason for doing what they did. Yeah. And there are other times where I'm like, you know what? You you sound a little babyish right now. Like, man, coach is making us practice. Don't, Do fundamentals. Yeah. Like, you're the Cleveland Cavaliers and you're currently sub winning 20 games right now. So yeah. maybe you do need a couple fundamentals. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there's a little back and forth there. Ultimately, John Beeline not being the head coach is probably for the best, though. Uh, still curious to find out how this money situation breaks out or if it'll ever really come out um, or if he'll even be with the organization next year. Who knows what he's doing this year? He's if I were him, reassigned. I'd be in, be in Miami. Like, just... He's like, I'm scouting the heat for you. <laughs> just Permanently. <laughs> just on a beach. Yep. That's all he's doing. Uh, 
I bet there will be a few college jobs open up for him. Um, CC, the University of Texas. Um, <laughs> other news, um, and we're going to hit on this one a lot more, so we won't talk too much about it right now, but um, the Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons injuries for uh, Philly is troubling to say the least. So Embiid has a shoulder injury, um, apparently no structural damage, but yet he's not playing. And then the Ben Simmons back injury, which they just kind of refuse to comment on. Um, so people asking Brett Brown about these injuries, and he's like, his response is, how long's a piece of string? <laughs> he just stares at him. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, Brett. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so who knows if Ben Simmons is going to play the regular season at all. Um, if he's going to come back, if he's making just a debut in the playoffs. Really tough uh, situation here in Philly. Thank God they got guys like Shake Milton, though. Um, other news, uh, Jeremy Lamb tears his ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus. I just, he, just he doesn't have, he doesn't have a knee anymore. Um, out for the rest of the season for Indiana, which kind of sucks because they, they need him, uh, to be a floor spacer for that Indiana team that well, they're still trying to figure out how to use Oladipo. So that's actually kind of a big deal for them. Less important team, but important player, Kelly Oubre, which I'm the driver of the Kelly Oubre bandwagon, um, apparently has a torn meniscus in his knee, is seeking a second opinion, but he's probably done for the year also. Uh, We didn't get to mention it because of the week off, but Kyrie's mysterious injury, who who knows? And we'll talk about this one later too, um, what's going on there, really. But, I mean, he's pretty much done for the rest of the year, so there's that. Um, And then a few guys getting waived and potentially picked up. And the reason we're mentioning this is, and we're doing this podcast today, March 1st, is today's the last day for a player to get waived um, and then, therefore, is also still eligible to get signed by by a playoff team. Mm -hmm. So if players could get waived past today, but they won't be eligible to sign with the team if they make the playoffs. Um, So Alan Crabb got waived by Minnesota. Anthony Tolliver got waived by Sacramento. Troy Daniels got waived by the Los Angeles Lakers. Jordan McRae got waived by the Denver Nuggets. Apparently he's getting picked up by Phoenix. That's already reported, um, but nothing finalized there at the time of this recording. And then a couple guys that had got bought out. Markeith Morris joins the Los Angeles Lakers, and Reggie Jackson joins the Los Angeles Clippers. So, Ryan, we're mostly going to talk about the East today, but are you ready for Reggie Jackson to lead the Clippers to a title? And if officially stake his claim of he's better than Russell Westbrook. Jesus. Yeah, I don't think Reggie Jackson's ever ever sniffed uh, 30 points per game in a month uh, or a triple-double or, you know, like been significant on any significant team whatsoever. You know, it's his emotional leadership that they need, Ryan. <sighs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you want to convince yourself of. Uh, Reggie Jackson is the worst. Oh, Reggie Jackson is like... One of my least favorite players in the entire NBA. I'm just, I, I love that you hate him so much. I can't wait for him to like play zero minutes in the NBA Finals, and the Clippers win, and then he has some like cryptic tweet about like, see, uh, look, I'm on an NBA Finals. <laughs> like, yeah, you did it on the backs of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Who cares? You didn't do anything. I want to touch base. Jordan, this Jordan McRae thing is just wild to me. Because I, of Denver's trade deadline, no, we're we're getting off Malik Beasley. We're getting off Juancho Hernan Gomez. This is the stupidest thing a front like competitive front office has done in a minute, right? They're basically just by doing this because that was actually kind of like a nice little piece they got back in this whole trade thing of like, oh, this dude, it's kind of young, really cheap deal. It's like literally like one point seven million or something. Yeah, like he can score a little, a nice little bench piece. 
who knows we might use him for a handful of minutes in the playoffs here or there if we need and they just like waved him like why yeah but mike malone's minutes rotations have been so trash that michael porter jr the guy they should be giving minutes to can't even get minutes. should be starting <laughs> can't can't get minutes so like i guess they're maybe like you're not gonna play for us anyway so who cares but same point it's like so all this trade deadline all you did is just really just declare to the world gary harris is our guy we're playing him and for the entire world to know we already know our playoff rotation here it is and they're just like playing that i don't get it i don't I don't know what they're doing i mean don't get me wrong you're still winning games for sure nick Jokic is hitting one foot dirk fadeaways <laughs> but like i does this really set you up for success long term i don't i don't know is running Jokic and murray into the ground in the regular season a good idea probably not but you know i guess we're gonna find out the hard way yeah, that's, I, I don't know. Denver's doing some weird things the last, like, half season and a half, I feel like. And, and I don't know. I might be getting off the Denver bandwagon here yeah. pretty shortly. So, let's go to the East then. Because the West, we'll save them for another time. There's still, there's a lot of teams figuring some stuff out over there. We'll give them a little longer before we talk about them. But, I mean, the East has a pretty equal amount of teams trying to figure it out right now. Yes. And, yep. uh... Especially the top of the East. We're not talking about the bottom of the East because they don't deserve our time. Um, so we'll, uh, we're really going to focus on Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Philly, Brooklyn, and Washington because they're still somehow um, in contention. Your second favorite uh, team in the NBA. Sure. Uh, um, so real quick, the uh, standings in the East at the time of this recording. So Milwaukee is in first place by 1,000 games um, at 52-8. and eight. And then... You got a <laughs> Toronto and Boston um, at the two three. Boston's a game behind Toronto right now, and then Miami and Philly in the four five. Philly's a, a game and a half back right now. You got Indiana pretty firmly in the six, but at the same time they're only a half game behind Philly. So if Philly's not careful, um, they might get caught by Indiana, who's a dumpster fire right now. And then at the bottom of the East, you got Orlando and Brooklyn. Um, 25 games back of the Bucks. <laughs> um, oh my God. Orlando's at 27 and 33. Brooklyn's at 26 and 33. Um, so Orlando slightly, um, better win percentage gets them the seven seed right now. And then the Washington wizards at a 21 and 27, only about four games back of the nets and the nets are sliding right now. So, you know, I, that, that's really the, the nine teams pushing for a playoff spot right now. And uh, I think we'll talk about a, you know, a handful of them. This ones that are more interesting. Like, Orlando's not interesting. Uh, Orlando, I, Orlando is officially not interesting. Yet. Yeah, I, I crapped on them a couple weeks ago. I don't need to get back on them. And then Indiana, <laughs> until they can figure out this, you know, Sabonis, Turner, um, Oladipo, Brogdon thing. Like, just the minutes, the rotations, how they want to play with those guys. I, they're just such an unknown. They gotta figure out their core. They gotta yeah. figure out like, all right, these are two guys. This is what we're building around. They haven't really done that. It felt like Boston last year. Where it's like, what's yeah. the pecking order? Yeah. Like who who is the guy, and then who is the number two, and then who are the guys that are filling in around them? Yep. They don't have like a clear one two. Right. They should have a clear one two, but I don't know if they do. So we're gonna talk about some of these other teams. Um, Toronto, they're awesome, but at the same time, like we kind of know what they are. At this point, Kyle Lowry doing Kyle Lowry charges weird dunking, ducking under. Yeah, like George Hill's legs. <laughs> yeah, that was 
strange. Uh, uh, but like Siakam is just a world. Yeah. Still Siakam balling out and then weird Nick nurse things like just somehow finding a way, random zones, random presses, random lineups, to be honest. Yeah. It's like, who is, who is that guy? He just put into the game. Um, <laughs> and they're winning. So congrats to them. We're not talking about them too much. Um, but you know they they do deserve at least a quick shout out because they've they're forty two and seventeen, that's incredible. Oh, um, yeah, we thought they were like the eight. Yeah, I I, the East. I thought they would win like forty two games. They're at, at forty two wins already. So shout out to them. Um, we're not going to talk about them too much though. So we'll start at the t- start at the top because Milwaukee needs some love. Holy God, <laughs> Giannis today this afternoon. Yeah, just, went went for forty one and twenty. That's 41 points and 20 rebounds. In like, like what, 30 minutes? The dude is just eviscerating everyone. Like, this is, I don't know, like, what's the most, like, example, like, closest, is he, like, the closest thing to Shaq since we've had a Shaq? Like, you just kind can't of. defend him. Like, there's nothing you can really do. Like, once he gets his ball in a spot, it's like, it's over. Like, he just essentially is going to either make or miss the shot. Yeah. Well, I heard this brought up, and Giannis, again, he doesn't play the minutes. Like some guys do, like if you like his per thirty six, or you know, for the guys that play more than that, or even historically played more than that, like it's it's some of the closest things to per minute wilt Chamberlain yeah. as we've ever had. Just like in the way he's playing, being seven feet tall, um, able to score the ball, even though he apparently has no skill. Like <laughs> it, it he's just, just a seven footer who runs runs, around. runs and dunks. Um, and you know what? He does it really, really well. So, I, I'm just to the point of I have no idea how any team stops Giannis. Besides, we're just gonna stand in front of the rim, and you're gonna have to come at us. You're gonna have to shoot. Yeah. And like his shooting percentage, like he's gotten, he's been a better shooter. He's not afraid to shoot it. He's made over 73s this year, which is good. Like so, good for him. Yeah, I think his goal was to get to 100 made threes in the regular season, and he's gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. He. Probably, unless he doesn't need to play the time. <laughs> They're just like, hey, Giannis, we're not going to play for the last two weeks of the year. Oh, yeah, and since we talked last, they've clinched the only team to clinch a playoff spot. Yeah, which is incredible, like before February ended. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Who does that? Uh, they're just incredible. This is like a historic team. Like, they're on a historic yeah. pace. Uh, they're probably going to lose a couple more games, so they're not going to beat some regular season record. They right? probably won't get to 73. Yeah. Because they're not going to try to. I, yeah. I genuinely don't think so. I think they'll probably shut down Giannis and Middleton for a minute. Yeah, if just they, like spot games to, here and yeah. there. Um, maybe restrict them to like 20 minutes game. Whatever yeah. that is. Like they don't need to play. Like they've essentially locked the one in too, which is insane. <laughs> I mean, at this point, 50 wins. Like it realistically, it's Toronto and Boston can catch them in terms of wins if they really did like try and shut it down and they're like eight games back right yeah not like nine ten and there's like 15 games left so they would have to literally go sub 500 and those other two teams would have to go undefeated base nearly yeah so like it's it's not happening the bucks have nearly clinched the one which is incredible um to to think that they've done that already um yeah i don't know how how anyone guards Giannis. and at this point we also Kind of need to talk about Chris Middleton because he's like good, good. He had like a fifty-point game, yeah, earlier this season, and no one talked about it. Yeah, I know it, it was like literally just no one. And to credit of the people, 
Chris Middleton gets some of the easiest looks in the NBA. Sure. Because sure. all five defenders are staring at Giannis <laughs> all the time, right? Yeah. And so Chris Middleton does not have to be like an on-ball pick-and-roll creator. Mm. He just has to be a wing who, you know, slashes when he needs to, spots up when he needs to, makes sure he actually pass, all, just, just make the right basketball player. And there's something to be said about a guy who just consistently makes the right basketball player. And at this point, he's averaging like, what, like recently, he's averaging like 24, 8, and 6. Like, That's really good. <laughs> it's really good. And it's like, yeah, some of those assists are just like Giannis catches the swing pass at the three-point line, takes two steps, and he's dunking. So, like, yeah, he's getting some assists that most players wouldn't get because you have Giannis Antetokounmpo next to you. But at the same time, it's like, again, he's just making the right play. And there's something to be said about a guy who just gets his shot, gets to like the spot he wants to be at, and makes the right play. Whether it's a pass, a dump down, or you know taking that that look because he's like a decent sized guy. You put a point guard on him or something, it's gonna burn him. So you know it's he's kind of become like a solid number two. It always seemed like in the past, like unless they were playing Boston, he was not like a solid number two. He yeah. continuously kills Boston every single year we play him. Um, but if he can be that guy, like the number two guy on a championship team, I I mean the Bucks, it's it's what's taking them to this other level. It's Giannis has gotten better and Middleton has gotten better, which you know we joked about during the uh, redraft of the All Star game about Middleton like not getting drafted and like or you're not the first reserve, but he's been good. He's been good. Like uh, Tatum gets a lot of love and he should. Yeah. But Middleton's been really good, too. Yeah. The thing is, like, you got to see in the playoffs, right? Yeah. That's the one thing that is kind of the cloud above this one Milwaukee team is... And Budenholzer. Yeah. Can you do it in the playoffs? Uh, Lopez has not been shooting amazing this year. No, he's like sub 30% right now. But I think the looks... Like, they're still good looks. They're not, like, forced looks... At some point, you just got to trust that there's going to be one or two that hit. Yeah. Just that right. haven't been so far this sure. year. Um, Bledsoe has been good. And yeah. that's, I mean, like, got to see that. Good play. enough. Good but... enough. And I think that's it. You hit the nail on the head there is that Giannis has elevated his game so much that he makes everyone better on that team. Just yeah. straight up. And uh, I think that's going to show in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I do too. And like they have a good enough bench. The other Lopez brother, Robin, Pat Connaughton's been fine. You know, Vincenzo. Divincenzo, yeah, he gets some starts. Um, Wes Matthews can hit a few shots. I think George Hill is the best backup point guard in the NBA. He could yeah. start for a lot of teams. Yep. Right. Like they they've still got like a solid nine person rotation of like guys like you kind of trust in the playoffs. So. At this point, you, you've kind of got to assume Milwaukee is the clear-cut favorite in the East. It's just, how do they handle the rest of the season? Because they really haven't been in this situation before, of being like so far ahead as the best team. Like There's there's really not a time I can think back and be like, the Bucks were this good. Yep. So like, do they know how to handle this now? Like, handling success, knowing how to like manage these minutes down the stretch. But... You know, part of me is saying it's basically what Boonholzer has been doing all year. To be honest, play 28 minutes, that's fine. Because we're still winning back to 20. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, it'll probably work out. But it is curious to see if that if they can maintain the success going into the playoffs. At least they'll get an easy round one. Yes. Unless sure. Brad Beal makes the playoffs and he scorches earth for 60 every game. 
Yeah, but the other side of that, they actually have to play defense in Washington. What? They, um, they don't, they're not fans of that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, we'll talk about America's favorite team, the Boston Celtics, oh next. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've really just gone off the deep end. Well, have you been seeing what Jason Tatum's been doing? I have. I've been watching a lot of Boston. Because a we, lot of Boston. I, I praised him at our uh, All-Star edition. Yep. And he's like, cool. Watch this now. And taking it to the complete next step. He's essentially... I don't know who his comparison is. Like, down the stretch. I think he's just Jason Tatum. I don't... I don't I'm not going to say that he's... Which might be the ultimate compliment. The next, like, Kevin Durant. Because I don't think there's a next Kevin Durant. But he's been cooking dudes on... Yeah. Not just the offensive side. Because he's been able to do that his whole NBA career. Yeah. But defensively, he's, he's like blocking shots, getting steals. He, I, I think they were playing. Who was it? The Clippers, a couple weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Week week and a half ago, it was right before the All Star break. Yeah, it was the Clippers. And there was just like he was everywhere. Like yeah. his length is such such a issue for anyone who he defends, and he's such a switchable. Yeah. Like he's so switchable, it's insane. Also, the Tatum thing. I'm gonna just gush about Tatum here. It has helped Jalen Brown so much. Again, it just takes the pressure off. Like it's, it's the same pe- honest discussion. It's, it's a just- pecking order, right? Yeah. Like it's what Boston was searching for last year. Tatum's number one, so it makes Jalen's Jalen Brown's job easy. Okay, I'm just gonna be super scrappy on defense and come up with 20 points a game. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. Basically, just the ultimate hustle guy. Well, Marcus Smart's the ultimate hustle guy, but like slightly less hustle, slightly more skill. Like a little bit, yeah. Better Marcus Smart, essentially, yeah. is what you're getting from Jalen yeah. Brown. And he's been really good, too. He's been like averaging 20 points a game, which is nothing yeah. to sneeze at. And he's been almost as good as Jason Tatum yeah. on defense. He's, yeah, he's been efficient on both sides. Tatum does have a little more size than Brown. Yep. Um, so there's, there is that for Tatum. But at the same time, you know, Brown's been good, like you said. Hayward's been a good creator for this team especially with Kimba being hurt um as of late so it's like okay Gordon's kind of creating you know Tatum can just basically get whatever he wants right now Jalen's good at spotting up and slashing and then Tice has been like so good for this team he had a block the other night against James Harden late in that overtime that was insane he like recovered so well I was like oh my god again Daniel Tice so again the I get he's not the biggest center, yeah. right? He, he's just not. He's like 6'9", 225 pounds. Like, not the biggest guy. He more, looks more like a four. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, he's one of those guys, Danny Ainge, pulled out of Europe. He's playing, like, the German League. And, like, I was Defensive Player of the Year over there. That's, that's what he made his name for, was playing defense and hitting spot-up threes. And it's what he's doing in Boston. He finishes roles. He can hit a catch-and-shoot three in the corner. And he's an insane defender who can kind of switch. So it's like, this really shouldn't be that surprising. Last year, he got acclimated to the NBA. And this year, he's kind of balling. Yeah, he was incredible against the Rockets the other night. As long as he can stay out of foul trouble, that dude's yeah. an issue for other other teams. And part of that's just the perimeter defense. Like, yeah. you know, it is he having to contest literally every single shot at the rim? Yep. Or it's like, are, are we getting enough out of Kemba and Gordon to like keep their guys in front of them? So it's Tice doesn't have to do everything, but it's like, he's been good. So where Boston then kind of starts having some problems is one, this weird Kimba knee injury. Mm. So then the reports have kind of like started leaking out like, 
Boston really did not want him playing much in the All-Star game. Like, they wanted him, like, on a minutes restriction. And Nick Nurse did the opposite. Played him, like, 29 <laughs> minutes. It's like, was that a Kimba decision? Like, yo, I want to stay out here. But, like, the entire fourth quarter. It's the fourth like, quarter was long, too. Yeah, it was. So, it's like, was that his decision? Was it Nick Nurse's? I mean, like, I ain't coming out right now. This is fun. Um, I don't know. You know, and we're never going to really know. Mm. You know, but... It's like, okay, he's had this knee problem. Hasn't really played since he's come back. It, we paid this guy a bunch of money to play and to like be a closer. If Tatum can be the closer, then it might not really matter. But what it does really hurt is the depth of this team. Yeah. Because um, our bench is bad. <laughs> it's like, I, it's this is horrendous. Um, in part, it's Marcus Smart starting. Brad Wanamaker's not doing it for you. I mean, he's good for 10 to 15 minutes a game. Not 26, yeah. Yeah, he, that's just the point. of He's literally playing mid to high 20 minutes right now. And that's just not realistic for him. Mm-hmm. It's just not what we ask him to do. It's, it's not what you do for a guy making $4 million a year. So, okay, so there's that. Brad Wanamaker, he's fine, though. He can be a rotation piece. Probably give you some spot playoff minutes. It's fine. But then even after that, it's like, man, Shimmy Ojale? Are we, are we really playing Romeo Langford as our first man off the bench right now? And it, it just canner it's like sometimes we play him sometimes we don't robert williams has been hurt for a while now time lord yeah i know carson edwards like really can't do much right now um it's just like there's there's not a guy on the bench besides smart when he is coming off the bench that you like feel good about checking into the game um i i i'm personally a, a canter quote-unquote fan like i i will give the guy some love because he can really score and stand in front of the rim and be in the boy. So, like, that's worth something. Um, can really get a lot of offense rebounds, too. Yes. So, it's like, he can definitely give you, like, production. Yeah. So, there's a spot for that guy um, on this team in the regular season, potentially in the playoffs. But really, it's like, okay, so we're talking about, like, seven, eight, like, good players. We What happened? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. I... They're, they're one of those teams where it's like, you know, Philly went and got, like, Glenn Robinson third and Alec Burks to, like, kind of start. And that's a problem. I wish Boston would have gone and got something like that, whether it's those guys or not. Just to be like, you know, we're just solidifying the end of our bench. So we're not having to play rookies all the time. Yeah, they have this Memphis pick that they've decided to hold on to, right? Yeah, they never traded it. Memphis then wasn't bad enough whenever it was actually going to convey. And now it's like, you know, like 14 or something. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's that's cute. That's not where you want to be picking. Right. Um. Yeah, you feel like that first-round pick could have gotten you something. Probably. You, put you over the bump. Question is, Boston, uh, I guess, onlooker. Is Gordon Hayward ever not going to be the scapegoat in Boston? This dude has been just... Gordon Hayward balls. Like this, this dude has been getting all the hate, and I've watched several Boston games this past month, and it's not him. That's not the issue. Boston doesn't want him to score 35 points a game. And I don't even know if that's realistic for him anymore, but, like, they don't even want him scoring 25 a game. Like, they literally want him to score, like, 16, have, like, five or six assists, and then five or six rebounds. And just be, like, a consistent player who keeps guys in front of him, can, like, get, like, a weak side steal because he just reads a play and makes the right pass all the time. Yep. They they want him to be Chris Middleton. Yeah. Just, honestly, even on lesser usage. Mm-hmm. So... And there's nothing wrong with that. They're paying a lot of money to do it, but, I mean, Milwaukee's paying Chris Middleton a lot of money to do it. Wings are expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of how it is. But, like, yeah, he's not really the problem. 
last year, the injury, everything, all that drama, yes, that was a problem. And his fault? Not really. But yes, it was a problem. This year, there have been moments where you've been like, ah, that athleticism isn't really back. But then, like, lately, I would say, like, pretty much since the start of the new year, I felt good about Gordon Hayward. He's been good. Defensively, yeah. he's been good. Yeah, and so like, there's no reason he shouldn't be starting. There's no reason he should be getting the level of hate he gets. Sometimes it's just, you know, when you bring it and like other teams are like, we're getting up for this game. Like you, you lose a few that you'd like to win, but at the same time, like they're not really dropping like bad games. They're not losing to the Charlotte. No, and, and it's like that's why they're still on pace with Toronto, because Toronto beats all those teams easily, yeah. and so it's like Boston done the same thing and. Every time they've played a good team, they, they're pretty much right there. I mean, the Lakers, they played without Kimba. The Rockets, yeah. they played without Kimba. They've been in overtime both those games, yeah. right? And it was a one-possession game both times. Yeah, and you have to feel good about that. I just It amazes me how much Gordon Hayward hate there is because I watch the games and I don't come, walk away with those that thinking no. at all. And We've got to be better at the start of the third quarter. That That's a thing for sure. Boston. That's sure. been a thing for a while now. But... You know, it's more just it just consistent stretches. We just want consistency for 48 minutes, whether it's Tatum being the leader of that, you know, spot Brown, spot Hayward, spot Kemba, spot Smart. You know, just whatever it is, we just need consistency for 48 minutes. It's really because in those big games, when you have like four bad minutes against, you know, the Lakers or the Rockets or whatever, like that's when they get you. Yep. You know, you you just can't let up for four minutes. You those can't, are when those runs. Yeah, just, you you can just there has to be more like Romeo Langford can't play in this game right now. Yeah. Straight up. Um it's the regular season, so you play him now, but playoffs when it comes around, you just gotta know it. Yep. And I think they'll know it. So we'll skip down to Miami. And uh this is a confusing team. They've been uh they've been rocky since Christmas, right before Christmas. Yes. Yeah. They were what twenty four and eight, something like that. They're ridiculous. Um, really hot, really good start season. Since then, they've been like twelve and fourteen. Yeah, like five hundred ish. Um, pretty inconsistent. They did. They have won uh, the last two. Right? I think so. Yeah. They beat. Uh, did they beat the Sixers? They beat someone who was like really good, really hot coming in to the game. Let me pull this up real quick. They uh, they beat Dallas. Dallas, and, uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah, they beat Dallas uh, on Luca's twenty first. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Sure, there's no no correlation there. <laughs> Miami nightlife undefeated. Uh, so Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Um, not good. Not good. Four and five since they've acquired Iguodala. So, you know, the the excuse for Iguodala right away was. He's in training camp, and I, I get it. We're also in game like sixty, so this is not training camp for the rest of everyone. <laughs> yeah, else. Um, tell that to Jimmy Butler. So I, I, I get you know it's not a great record, but like it's kind of consistent with what they've been doing anyway. And um, he Iggy is averaging an incredible four four and two stat line right now. Um, four yeah. points, four rebounds, and two assists. Just so just going right. I mean what. It, we we can't hide this. He's not been good. Like he's a a huge minus right now on the floor. He cannot shoot. He can't dribble. He can kind of play defense. At this point, I have no idea why you're playing him. You so, need to get you should just do the same practice and condition for like a month. And then let him play the last like twelve games. 
So what you're saying is you shouldn't rely on a 38-year-old to come save your season and make a final playoff push. Who hasn't played all year and looks rusty as hell. I mean, so I get the theory of bringing in Andre Iguodala, right? Like, for these playoff crunch minutes that you need him to throw yeah. out there on... I uh, Basically... Giannis. Yeah. Ben Simmons, whoever. Do, do we just need to accept that, like, at this point, Andre Iguodala is Shimmy Ojale? We just, do we just need to be at this point where like you're a good defender in certain situations that like we kind of think like we like you in the in the matchup but like we don't expect you to give us anything on offense and like we're just praying that you can slow this guy down enough did his agent get covered up by Stephen clay with how <laughs> yes. good they were shooting 100 percent um did you see his comments the other day about uh duncan robinson Oh, yeah, they thought he was, like, the ball boy. He was the ball boy. And then his last comment was, like, he's one of the best shooters I've ever played with. Yeah, I and did. Someone was like, did, does Iggy have memory loss? Us? Yeah. Like, he's literally played with three of the best shooters to ever play in the NBA. Like, and last year. <laughs> and he's talking about Duncan Robinson in that class. Now, like, Duncan Robinson can really shoot the ball. Let, let's but, calm down here. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. Iggy's delirious. Um, yeah, and he's just not been good. But you know who has been good? Jay Crowder. Because Jake Crowder is a good like that. That was sneaky. Like, that was a good part of that trade. Yeah, they got Memphis that was to throw it in. Good. Um, he's averaging like sixteen um, points, or no, I think it's like fourteen points, four rebounds, and like two blocks a game or something, two steals a game. So like he's been really good. He's been what they wished Andre Gudala could be. So like, and that's fine. Like maybe you'd say like, we got the trade wrong, but we got the guy we ultimately need. Um, the role we actually need filled like he's reasonably hitting threes again low volume doesn't take a ton but when he's taking them they're open and he hits them again there's nothing wrong with a guy like that who just kind of fills a role and maybe the expectations for Iguodala were just too much or at least to start Jay Crowder's been what the Miami Heat need and at this point if you told me Andre Iguodala is going to play more playoff minutes than Jay Crowder then they're going to lose to Philly in the first round Woo! Yeah, I mean, like, the Jay Crowder has been really good all season for Memphis. Like, if you've been yeah. watching Memphis, you know Jay Crowder has been actually really consistent. Yeah. I don't know what to do with Iggy. I don't Bench know. <laughs> He's it's really benched. simple. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if the solution is, okay, just, like, keep playing him in these meaninglessly meaningless play or uh, regular season games and hopefully by the time playoffs come around he's significantly better but even last year his shooting was kind of abysmal at times he looked old last year and uh, i don't like uh, jimmy butler bam out of bio like these guys aren't going to cover up those flaws as much as steph clay yeah. and kevin durant were so i mean it, there's definitely a ceiling to how much you can play iggy I think Jay Crowder can definitely eat into his minutes, though, and still be a productive defender. Yeah. Against, like, Ben Simmons. He can help on Giannis. He's not going to be able to stop Giannis. Iguodala can't stop Giannis. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I don't, your best shot on Miami is that is Bam Adebayo your best shot yes. on Giannis? Um, and, like, if you were to play Boston, like, I guess Iggy would play well against, like, a Jalen Brown. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't stop Tatum. Yeah, no, he couldn't keep up with Tatum. So, and you're like, you wouldn't put him on Hayward because Hayward's more of a guard than a forward, even though he looks like a 
you know, a forward. So it's like, I don't know, could he even stay in front of Jalen Brown, though? Would you, would Aki be hunted in pick and rolls? Possibly. Because Kimba could shake him. Yeah. Like, there, I, I'm i kind of to the point of, like, Iggy would be better suited, like, guarding, like, Daniel Tice. Oh. Like, and just be, like, a help defender. Yeah, and just kind of just play the passing lanes? Yeah, just play center field. They did that some against the Rockets. But when he was on the Warriors, he would, like, sometimes switch on to Capella, right? Yeah, and just, like, let Adebayo go guard, like, Brown or something like that. And just kind of, like, cause havoc out on the perimeter. Because he's more athletic and mobile than Iguodala is. Yeah. You might have to get more creative than you thought you'd have to be to get Iggy on the floor. But then you can make him shine in like a help off-ball team defensive scheme. Which Miami can do, but you you can't take Adebayo off the floor for him. Yeah. And then offensively, you're kind of handicapped, though. because Man, the spacing goes to crap. Yeah. Because he really can only sit in the corner. Yeah. I love the break threes are kind of... Would I, be a stretch for him at I this I think it's point. unrealistic, yeah. And if Butler's not hitting threes, and Autobio, like, he can make them, but he's not taking a ton. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, you really need Duncan Robinson to be a shooter. <laughs> he's the only spacing you have if Tyler Harrow's still hurt. Out there? I mean, I have to play him. Jeez. Um, then you're playing three centers with Iguodala, Olenek, and Autobio. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. It. I like the idea of picking him up and picking up Crowder and picking up Solomon Hill because, like, all those guys, like, have the potential to be useful. But, like, there needs to be a level of acceptance that Crowder is the better option right now. Yep. And that's okay. Just accept it, though. Last thing on Miami, though. Um, Jimmy is leading this team. Like, he is the reason they are good. Um, they they clearly need him. There's a lot of teams um, in the NBA that could use a Jimmy Butler. He's not shooting well, though. And yeah, I just kind of alluded to it, but it's bad. Yeah, uh, you, um, you put it in the notes here. He's shooting twenty four percent from three on two attempts per game. Yeah, is that? I mean, that's like the worst of his career, right? Yeah, it is. Like that's like. Is he injured? Like, are we? <laughs> like, are we to that point where we're wondering if he's injured still? Because <laughs> he started the year injured. Yeah, he didn't start the year. I, it's so strange because like he's been a league average three-point shooter essentially his whole career yeah basically he's been like 36 percent, which nothing flashy but he hits him when it counts and you know he's he's a good guy to have the ball in his hands at the end of a game and i still think he is but if that three-point shot's really not hitting though That's all of a sudden issue. yeah teams can defend him much differently um than they would otherwise so it is it is a problem now the guy is averaging like seven rebounds and six assists because he's like the de facto point guard on this team and maybe it's just taking a lot of out of out of him to be like the primary defender and the point guard for Miami. And I get that, but at the same time, you're getting paid a basically max contract, so you got to hit the shots. You got to be the guy. And it ultimately is going to fall back on him and of all the guys that like you wonder like is he going to be okay with that level of pressure? I think Jimmy Butler's okay with that level of pressure um and putting that on his shoulders, but at the same time, you know, Miami I don't think they want to rest him. Because they want to stay at the four. They want to stay ahead of Philly. But at what expense do you play him? And potentially, like, not let this, whatever this is, heal or get better or get his mind right. Yeah, I mean, unless Philly slides with, like we talked about, the Simmons and Embiid injury, you want home court, right? At this point, Philly can't win on the road and neither can you. So, (laughs) game seven's going to matter where it is. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, I kind of trust... Miami with what they have and 
that theoretical situation. But closing down the season, you're right. They got to figure out some sort of rest pattern for Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. um, it, or else this is not going to carry over well to the playoffs. No, it's not. Um, I mean, they have a stretch coming up here. Like they have Milwaukee um, tomorrow. And then after that, you got the Magic, Pelicans, Wizards, Hornets, Knicks, Bulls. I mean, I don't know why he's playing in more than one or two of those. Like, just kind of that kind of stuff. Like, just get him some games off. You know, let him play, you know, some, you know the games against, like, Indiana or whatever. But pretty much any time you're playing, like, the Pistons or, or any something. Any more back-to-backs. Like, you play. just got to sit him down yeah. at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. I and again, this is all like speculation on our part, but it does feel like he's something's not right. Something's not right. And it, uh, just watching, I mean, there was a Miami game on yesterday. I was watching, and he, I mean, he certainly wasn't taking those looks. Like no. the people were, he was getting set up for them, and he was passing out of it. Yeah. And it was—it's a weird situation, Miami. Yeah. I, I thought they would be better in this last third of the season, but they... They usually are. Really? Yeah, they've been usually one of the better teams in this part of the season. They haven't been. So, odd thing. Moving on to Philly. Yeah. So, we talked about Simmons and Bede injury a little bit in the news. But what does that really mean for Philly? Like, what does that mean for them playoff seeding-wise? I'm worried about them just getting locked into, like, the 5-6. And if they get locked into the five six, that one, it means they're mostly on the road. One, and two, man, you really wonder about the matchup you're going to get. I think they would rather play Boston at this point. They, if, I if would, they had the choice of Toronto, Boston, and Miami, I would tank to play Boston if I were them. I don't think they can tank all the way to seven if Boston somehow gets the two. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing is that you can't be bad enough to get get there, and so like you end up on Milwaukee's side of the bracket. Yeah, if with, they fall in the four five. And honestly, like I have a question here: When Embiid comes back, will be will he be in playoff shape? I can answer that question. Probably not. No, he's not in, he wasn't in playoff shape before. So why would sitting down with a shoulder injury get him in playoff shape? But also, follow up question: Why is he playing like forty plus minutes against in a February game? against Atlanta because he's the MVP Ryan there's no reason like we talked about this last at the beginning of last season and being in Simmons cannot be playing 40 plus minutes game you got to cap their minutes literally like 32 like, like that's it that's the max uh, borderline like unless we're in overtime like there's like an extra five minutes but literally the, what's Giannis doing he's playing like 29 minutes a game right now yeah there's no reason you can't do that with those guys yeah, I mean, that's been the critical thing, I think, for Brett Brown is that he has really pushed these guys. Like it's, it, And these guys have had a long injury histories, right? Yeah. Like Both of them have missed a season plus yeah. with injuries. Simmons is really the beginning of his career. Since then, he's done okay about yeah. staying healthy, but Embiid's a different story. Yeah, I mean, like Embiid, what, two seasons ago, got injured in this time frame and came back yeah. for the playoffs, um, but wasn't in playoff shape and got cooked a lot. In that uh, playoff series, they lost against Boston, right? In the second round? I think so. Uh, against Horford? I don't know. I don't know what this means for Simmons and Bede and what this means for the Sixers. I it, it's I would not be confident as a Philly fan going to the playoffs you, with you, these guys. I don't know how you can be. Because, oh, what, there's like 15 games left? There's like 15 less than to 20. A, depends there, on what team you are. But. Less than a month left, right? Right about, about a month? Yeah. 
I don't know. I, and that matchup is really scary. That brings me kind of to the next point. We touched on Al Horford. Can Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson get this team to the playoffs like with confidence, like feeling good about itself? You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and it's like, I mean, this is those three guys. This is their team. You know, they almost got like, this is our team. You know, they got Milton and a couple other guys, but these are our three. We are the core of this team. We're just going to play our game. Which, who on that team, though, is the primary ball handler? You know, who's the guy creating? Tobias, as much as the dude can score, he creates for himself. Tobias has never been an assist guy. He's never been a setup guy. Tobias scores for Tobias. That's always been his game. Josh Richardson really didn't come on until, like, last year. And, again, Josh Richardson creates for Josh Richardson, which is awesome. Most of those guys can find easy buckets in transition. They can kind of get to their own spots and, and hit a mid-range pull-up, an occasional spot-up three. But neither of those guys are, like, making their team better. You know, and then Al Horford has been a disaster. There's no way around it. He has been a disaster. And as a Boston fan, I loved Al Horford. He was a fan favorite, great guy to have on the team. Would have loved to have him back for like 10 to $15 million a year, not 25 to 30, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what Boston ultimately decided. And Philly took him. And it's, you know, it stung at first, but now it's like, this is the kind of thing with Al is like, he looked like he was aging two years ago. He looked like he was aging last year. And this year, it, he looks tired. He looks fed up with it. He just wants to win a championship. And it's like he's realizing Philly's not where he's going to win a championship. Because this is a mess. He looks like one of the most disgruntled players. Like, he kind of borderline looks like on the Kevin Love side he of does. disgruntled. Like, I was watching the Clippers game. They played the Clippers this afternoon. Um, and there was a possession early in the game where he got the rebound in fast break. Just came down the floor, and just shot a three. Like, that's not Al Horford's game. That's not, like, any offense that I think the 76ers would want to run. No. They'd want him to give it up at some point and then set a quick screen and let the guy, you know, curl off of it and then him spot up. Yeah. Yeah. And, And that's what he did last year. But this year, it's like he just hasn't got on the same page, it feels like, with any of the players, the coaching staff, like... You can't say, like, when he's on the floor, Al Horford and this guy are going to work well together. Ben Simmons kind of makes other people work because Ben Simmons is a really good creator for others. But at the same time, the floor is just so shrunk. And when it's those two guys and then beat off the floor still because Simmons can't shoot, like it's still creating harder looks for Horford. I just don't think the year's gone as easy as it ever did in Boston, even though they're still winning a lot of games. And they still have some semi-reasonable title contention hopes it's just not as easy as it ever was in boston i i think that's what's frustrating him kevin love there's a huge organizational issue that he's fed up with and it makes sense yeah horford but you're right it's not that different it's really not i mean like just like just some of the stuff like you see going on like during the game just like that one example i gave I can't imagine he's around after this offseason. There were reports this week that the 76ers are going to look to trade him in the offseason. 
I don't know for who or what because I don't know what team would want that contract or like it would have to be some sign and trade with a pretty disgruntled player. I mean, maybe you can convince like Washington to give you Brad Beal, but I don't. That's like a inner conference thing that I don't think Washington you would have would to be. attach every asset for the rest of forever. Yeah, and exactly. Game. And uh, I, I don't know. Like I wouldn't feel good about that for Washington side. Like you're no. inheriting. Like what? Three more years at twenty million dollars? I think the last year there's like a team option for like minimum, like near minimum money. So like, maybe it is just a two year deal after that. But like again, it's just kind of like, what's the point? Like, yeah. why would we do that? Besides, Bradley Beal's pissed off and doesn't want to be here. They can find a better deal. Just right. straight up, they can call twenty other teams and get a better deal. Yeah. So absolutely. But it, yeah, you're right. Who just watched this Philly season? Is watching this Philly season? I guess. Um, and it's like, we want Al Horford next year. They're supposed to be like the two. Like, in theory, like the two teams at the beginning of the season we looked at were Milwaukee and Philadelphia. And we said, like, those are the two teams that are going to run these. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't even been close to that. For one of those teams, it has. For Philadelphia, yeah. it's not even. They When's the last time they were top four? Was it like before Christmas? It, it might have been. I mean, them and Miami have been close all year for like that four or five. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of like. There at no point has it felt like Philly has said like we are a top four team in the East. Yeah, and that's just the East. Yeah, yeah, um, which is crazy. And we could talk about we just mentioned Miami, but like their most likely matchup in the playoffs is Miami. And if mm-hmm. you had to choose today, who would you choose to win that series? Like assuming Simmons and Embiid, a combination of them comes back in place. If they're both healthy, part of me still thinks philly but i mean at this point i trust jimmy butler at the end of a game more than i trust any guy for philly yeah i mean i've been ranting and rave this before like three seasons now but philadelphia still hasn't answered the question of you're down three and you need a bucket five seconds left who's taking the shot straight up they haven't answered that yeah. question shake milton <laughs> apparently shake milton uh <laughs> But, like, if I'm looking at Miami and Philly, like, that's a n- night- nightmare yeah. for Philly because they Miami can match up with them. They really can. Yeah, and if because at this point, you can't play Horford and Embiid together. It's just not working. They have to – they benched Horford before yeah. Embiid got hurt. Yeah, so, like, if, if that's not really a, a thing, and even if it was a thing, like, Miami actually had bigger guys like Kelly Olenek who can kind of bang with Al Horford inside yep. and still stretch the floor. So – they weren't completely like going to be lost in that matchup anyway, even if it was working. So, you know, I just talked myself into it. Give me Jay Crowder in the Miami Heat. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I would take Miami. Like, the reality is, Bam Adebayo is gonna probably be able to neutralize Joel Embiid to some extent. Yeah, because Joel Embiid this just like has this flip whenever he wants to decide to play. That's when he plays. Yeah, there's something to be said about that, but there's also something to be said about. You know, not being able to flip the switch because just too tired and out of shape. Or he's really disgruntled with his teammate who off. refuses to shoot the ball. Yeah, that's a thing too. Maybe that's a thing. Moving on to Brooklyn. <laughs> now that you want to talk about disgruntled player, I'll say. Ooh. So uh, your boy Kyrie Irving not, is out for the not season. My boy. <laughs> uh, t- the question really that hovers around this team is: Can they like stay in the playoff? They're, I mean, they're in free fall. They've literally, yeah, they haven't been able to win a game. This is a disaster right now. Like, they're they're in the eight, and 
they're four and six in their last ten, but lost four straight. Like really, since the All Star break, like they can't win a game. Um, they've been in a, a couple of them. Like they lost by three to the Heat, lost by four to the Wizards, lost by two to the Magic. But like you got to win the games. Like you, you need those wins. All three of those teams are better than you, or fighting for your playoff spot. That, I mean, like the. That's what Kyrie's there for, right? He's supposed to be their closer. Yeah. He's supposed to be their guy this yeah. season, at least. Like Kevin Durant, of course, comes back and changes that for next season. But Kyrie has missed so many games. This, how yeah. many games has he even played in? It feels like he's played in twenty games. That might be uh, really. Close. Uh, I think I'm unfortunately somewhat accurate on that. But like they've also lost to the Hawks by like thirty recently. It's like thank God for the Hornets got them a win since the All Star break. But they're one in five since the All Star break. Like. And it's not getting easier. Like, it's Celtics, Grizzlies, Spurs coming up. Um, you're going to be game against the Lakers and the Clippers, like, the week after that. It just, man, like, there's not a lot of let-up in their schedule. Like, they don't have that many games left for, like, the Clevelands and the Detroits of the world. Like, it's a lot of playoff teams from here on out. Kyrie has exactly played 20 games. Woo! <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean... There, there's literally like five games they have left on their schedule against like the Detroit's and Cleveland's. Like, are they legitimately going to go like seven and thirteen to end the year? And I, you're not making the playoffs if you go seven and thirteen to end the year. No, just just straight up like that only gets you to thirty three wins. So, I, <laughs> now you're asking the Wizards to get to thirty three wins, also, which um, might be a stretch. Might be, but I mean, you know, it's like they, they've they still got a few more games against those bottom teams. I mean, nothing super easy either, but I'm just, Brooklyn might just get it by default. Washington might just be too far behind, but they're going to be the one of the worst eight seeds in the history of the NBA. And they're just going to get run over by Milwaukee, right? Like it's gonna Giannis be- wouldn't have to play. <laughs> Middleton wouldn't have to play either. Like it's like that's a rerun of Detroit Milwaukee last year when yeah, it was it the quickest four games ever. Yeah, it was. That's gonna be that's gonna be the NBA TV series. Yep, just already. NBA TV might sell that time off to <laughs> do like some reruns to PBS. Just sell it to public. <laughs> um, so the to note like you might be thinking as you're listening to this podcast, why wouldn't they just like tank out of the playoffs and you know like get a better pick. Well, that's a smart smart thinking. However, they don't have their pick. Yeah. They the 70 they do have the 76ers first round pick. So it's going to be It doesn't matter. It's going to be like a 20 plus yeah, pick, which I mean it's still first round pick. Might be worth something. Eh. But probably Kyrie's going to run the poor rookie out of the building before he's yeah. even able they're gonna, to step in. They're going to draft like some rookie who's like some experienced guy that really doesn't deserve to go in the first round. But like, hey, he can help us today. And it's like, eh, no, he can't. There was a reason he was supposed to be a second round pick. Um, so, yeah, the, this Brooklyn team is just, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what to do with him. Right? Because like Joe Harris is like a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. And like he can't get a shot for them right now. Karis LeVert's a pretty good basketball player. Having a tough stretch. Spencer Dinamite's a good basketball player. Can't do it all himself. Jared Allen is like in the doghouse because Kyrie said so. DeAndre Jordan's playing. DeAndre Jordan's on the roster. Can we get Nick Claxton some minutes in the end end of this 
I mean, if we're playing DeAndre Jordan, we might as well play Nick Claxton. <laughs> get get the rookie some time. I I have no idea what to do with this team. There there's no rhyme or reason for like why they they're this bad besides Kyrie's hurt. And even then, there was like legit arguments at the beginning of the year that this Brooklyn team was kind of better without Kyrie. So what does that say this team with Kyrie? Because it's not like Kyrie got them in a great place either. He played twenty games. Like let's let's. Like, like, can, we, can we really give him that much credit? Yeah. Like I, they I think they're gonna trade Spencer Denwitty in the offseason, which is a bad idea. And because like you need him. Yeah. When Kyrie decides he doesn't want to play every other night. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I'm I'm in the same boat. I Brooklyn this year for me is done. Like I'm out on Brooklyn. Yeah. Like I'm not. They might studying, make the playoffs, but who cares? I'm not watching any more Brooklyn games. Like no. going out of my way to watch Brooklyn because God, they stink. Anyways, on to your f- <laughs> favorite favorite team <laughs> in the NBA, the Washington Wizards. You know your children as <laughs> they <laughs> as you referenced them before this podcast. Um, so I shouted them out a couple weeks ago. You know, saying like they're gonna come up and get one of those last two spots it's Stockholm syndrome because he, you know I didn't I don't like Orlando and Brooklyn I didn't have any confidence in them and it just got worse so you know I Orlando's like firmly in the seven <laughs> like they've locked it in their place they just they just have to not completely suck um so the Wizards are still like four games back right now mm. on the Nets um so, you know, it's like, okay, there's still, t- I think they have like, I actually think they have like 23 games left. They can, oh, they can, yeah, they can make, so they can make up four yeah. games in that span, especially the way Brooklyn's playing. It's not unrealistic. So, I, I'm not out on that prediction at all because Brad Beal's been balling. Yeah. And that's kind of just the bottom line point of the argument in favor of the Washington Wizards is that Brad Beal has proven he can drop. 30, 40, 50 points literally every single night on like actually consistent, efficient basketball. It's not like he has to take 40 shots to make 40 points. He's just good. Yeah, he's straight up good. He dropped two 50 point performances this past week. And they lost both times. And they lost both times. Like he averaged, I think it was like 36 points per game for the month of February. It's insane. He's he's really good. And it's kind of sad to see his talents wasted on a bad Wizards team. Yeah. But if he gets this team to the playoffs, like, is that, like, the most, like, I don't know, like, biggest thing in Bradley Beal's career? I mean, he's played some playoff games before. So, like, he's been on good teams with John Wall whenever they were healthy and, like, really able to click. But I... It has to speak more to Bradley Beal, though. If the, he gets this, like, I don't know, he somehow manages to get this roster of nobodies to... Because somehow Scott Brooks has screwed this roster up more. Like... <laughs> Don't get me wrong. This roster was not good to start the year, and especially with the ball injury, is really not good. So much of your caps being eaten up by John Wall. Um, so there's a problem anyway. I have no idea what Scott Brooks is doing. This dude has gone off the rails with his lineups. Like, so we're starting Isaac Bonga and Jan Mahimi now, and we're not starting Davis Bertans and Thomas Bryant. Which Bertans really hasn't started all year. He's always been like the sixth man, but he plays starter minutes. So like, okay, you want to tell me like we're going to play Bonga instead and it's one of those like he plays like 10, 20 minutes and then we bring in Bertans for the rest. Okay, why are we playing Jan Mahimi? Why are we not playing Thomas Bryant, the guy you just paid in the offseason? Like the young center who like actually has talent. Why are we playing Jan Mahimi, the guy who just stands there in the middle of the paint 
to not play defense. So I'm really confused by what Scott Brooks is doing. They're starting Shabazz Napier, who they just picked up in that Denver deal. Um, you know, and it's like, he's been good though. So it's like, okay, there's something like we've, we're not playing Ish Smith anymore, but at the same time, it's like just some of these guys are playing and it's like, this dude does not deserve to be playing. Rui is like playing and sometimes scoring. Sometimes like he doesn't get touches at all. It's like, can we run some stuff for him, please? Like just get him some easy looks that, I don't know. There's some games where it's like Mo Wagner plays 25 minutes and there are some games where Mo Wagner plays five minutes. I wish they would pick some level of consistency with this team and just say, these are the eight guys who deserve to play. We're playing these eight guys and we've got a few other guys here at the end of the bench. We'll kind of see how the game's going if you guys play or not. And Scott Brooks just kind of refuses to do it. And it really pisses me off. Because like, again, Brad Beal is really good. Brad Beal is an all-star. Brad Beal is an all-NBA player. And you are wasting a historic season. Like, he's averaging over 30 points per game for the year. He's averaging over 36 for the month of February. He's going to keep doing that because he's the only one who can score. Bertans has come out cold since the All-Star break. I get it. He needs to keep shooting. Just keep shooting, and he's going to make 40% like he has his entire career. So just give him the ball. I, I think the Wizards can still do it because there's still time. But I need Scott Brooks to figure some stuff out. Yeah, the lineup thing, I mean, it's hard. They just don't have anybody. Like, they literally have no one. And Man, it's like trading Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre for nothing was a bad idea. I mean, that's that was a wild idea. I know it was like a while ago now, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, well, they could be playing for you on their second contracts. Kelly Oubre should be, like, starting for this team, for this Washington yeah, Wizards. Yeah, him and Brad Beal would be a great combination together. Yeah. Can you imagine if you had... I mean, I know he's not healthy, but Wall, Beal, and Oubre going forward, and you're just going to fill out your 4-5. You would feel really good about that. Yeah, you would. And Except they screwed that up. I don't... Yeah, this Washington Wizards front office is just garbage to begin with, but um, I I think the... I, like, I haven't watched a ton of Wizards. I tried to avoid watching the Wizards. Honestly. I don't blame you. Um, but like, you, you got to find a way to appease Bradley Beal in some, somehow, some way in these last section of games because he looks pissed he's gonna ask for a trade yeah come june july like surprise to no one um and you gotta figure out a way to make him happy if that's making playoffs if that's uh i don't know buying him a house whatever you gotta do you gotta do it because your time with bradley beal is running out and then you have a john wall who's been severely injured for like two years now two years and then that's it like you're your roster's worse. You might have one more year of Brad Beal. That's about it. Like, you might have until the trade deadline in 2021. Yeah. That's about it. So you better figure some out now. Yeah. I don't know if that's a trade. I don't know if that's working some magic in the draft, because you're going to have a, at this point, if you don't get into the playoffs, you're going to have a top, like a 9, 10, 11 pick. I, I don't know what you're going to flip that into or what you're going to draft for that, but like, there's so many holes on this roster and it just needs to be filled out also like there's no depth to this team i they're so confusing but like some level i'm like if i'm looking at brooklyn i'm looking at washington i'm like who's the best player on her? it's brad beal at some level yeah brooklyn's got a little lead but you sometimes you got bet on talent in the nba yeah and bradley beal is so talented so so wildly talented on ball off ball 
pick and roll creator. It doesn't matter. He, he can score everywhere. I'm just going to bet on him and not Spencer Dinwiddie slash Kara Silver. No, no disrespect to those guys, but Brad Beal is just better than those two put together. Uh, I, if I had to pick who's going to make the playoffs, I know I, I think I firmly pick Brooklyn and Orlando, but I would flip that and pick the Wizards now. If, if Brooklyn didn't have this four-game lead, if it was like a two-game lead. Even would, if it, yeah, if it was neutral. Like yeah. if they're oh, tied yeah. right now. Just straight up going forward from here on out, if it was even keel, yeah, you'd pick Washington. Yeah. Reasonably, just speaking, because they just have a good player. Now, is it irrelevant because they're playing Milwaukee in the first yes. round? Yes. Oh, they're getting swept no matter what. Yeah. That doesn't matter. But yeah. I'm, I'm here to watch Brad, De- Brad Beal Will this team in bomb the this team. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the only reason. Uh, I mean, I guess Bradley Beal is a league pass player only because of what he can do. Uh, he can literally go for 50 every night. Yeah. And he, this team low-key needs him to. Not low-key. It's not low-key. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's it's the offensive playbook. Just get... <laughs> Coach, why is our offensive playbook only one page? And why does it say Brad on it? <laughs> well, that's the offense. Uh, that's all I got for you. No matter... Good like, practice, everyone. Uh, all right. This is why the rookies don't develop in Washington. <laughs> what rookies? They never <laughs> Good point. Uh, Matt, do you want to add anything else before we end off this podcast? I'm all right. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you've talked enough trash on Philadelphia, and you've uh, just loved Brad. Is this like a long con to get Bradley Beal on the uh, Boston Celtics? <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> hey, I hear the Wizards need a point guard. You and Kimba. <laughs> Kimba for Brad Beal, straight, straight up. Who says no? Not Danny Ainge. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's been episode 64. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this podcast. Uh, we would really appreciate a rating or review on any of our podcast services that we are on. Um, again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you back for episode 65. Yeah.